0: Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk in partnership with the ChairShot.com, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network and in association with NDPW.com. Turnbuckle Talk is sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you get 10% off when using promo code Podcast. Turnbuckle Talk is also partnered with Phoenix at FNXFIT.com, where you get 15% off all your health supplements simply by using promo code TBTALKPOD. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TV Talk Pod. Listen on Podbeam, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you catch your favorite programs. And now, pro wrestling fanatics, are you ready? Here are your hosts, Mighty Joe Moran and Carl Carafel.
1: That's right, everybody, another episode coming at you. I am Carl Carafel alongside the curator of topics, Mighty Joe Morin, and this is Turnbuckle Talk.
2: Yeah, man, it's uh, good to be back here, as always, uh, to talk some professional wrestling. But uh, before we get to our discussions here, uh, Carl, I think we're finally we're done with winter, I think, here in Canada. We're, we're getting close, at least.
1: I think we definitely are here as well. The last few days have been gorgeous yeah. out. Um, today, not so much. It is a little doom gloom out there with some scattered rain, but it's okay because I've got a vidcast. I've got my Dr. Pepper, <laughs> no sponsors, <laughs> and I've got a bottle of water just in case. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a good day, man. It's a good day.
2: Yeah, for sure. You know, we didn't have much of a winter here in Southern Ontario. Uh, but I mean, we did get some snow, but it, it, it felt long, but it wasn't that intense. But, uh, you know, I've, like I said before, as an adult, I am not quite a fan of winter, so it's nice to be getting back to some, uh, some nicer <laughs> weather, uh, to, be able to go out without uh, having to put on multiple layers of clothing on. I know that's going to sound a little weird to people that are, don't live in the, the climate that we live in, but, uh, yeah, we got to kind of bundle up uh, during those months. So, uh, looking forward to not having to do that anymore. But, oh, yes. um, anyways, to get to some pro wrestling discussion here, I guess we'll kick off with, I'm actually wearing the shirt, so we'll get right into it. Uh, the, the host for WrestleMania, we're looking at Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil, Carl. Um, this is, uh, we were talking about this before we hit the, the live re-bo- record button here, Carl, but, uh, this is a rib on Hogan, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be at this point, right? An inside joke, uh. maybe more?
1: Yeah, you know what? Like, like, like I said. I mean, this is this is 100% an inside rib on Hogan. It, it has to be. <laughs> like seriously, seriously. How like? <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah, this is fully, full on 100% inside rib that not a lot of people would get or understand on Hulk Hogan.
2: Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll say it just because. I mean, Terry. Spoiler alert, his actual name is Terry Bollea. I mean, I I think we peeled the curtain back on that before, that's no secret. But um, hopefully, A, he remembers where he's at and remembers (laughs) to not say certain words. Um, That's all I'll say about it. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's not, I I mean, there's a few ways to kind of approach this here. I mean, obviously it, it shouldn't damage you having, you know, the biggest name in professional wrestling hosting your show. But, I mean, you know, know, we have had some issues. I mean, he's not necessarily the most popular guy with a lot of the newer talent. Uh, There is that as well, right? So, I mean, just there's... I guess they figure that there's enough that is good here that can override some of the negative. It's one of those things where, I mean, even if there's like a potential for some issues, I mean, if if I was kind of running, running things, I'm like, why even go there and and even risk having a problem? Just use somebody else. I mean, yeah, I know Hogan is still the biggest name in the business, but even if there's a potential for issues, like just why even go there? Right. That's, that's what I'm thinking.
1: I mean, unfortunately, it's live television when all of this happens, right? So there there could be issues with anybody. It could be The Rock,
2: yeah.
1: right? And there would be issues. It could be Stone Cold that's hosting, and there could be issues.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, I mean, it's no matter who you choose, yeah. there could be issues. Um, should they have taken and used somebody else? I think they should have just let Titus O'Neil have the entire no. thing. I would have been fine with that. But do we have any idea, are they both going to be like, are Are they co-hosting or is or it no. going to be one is one night, one's the next night? What's happening with it? I haven't heard anything yet. Have you?
2: See, that, that's actually a great question because, I mean, if if I, you know, again, you know, if I'm the guy setting this up here, I would definitely have them hosting separate nights uh, together. Just like I said, there's just too much of a risk of Terry saying the wrong thing. Um, I would rather just see Hogan maybe do night do night one and then Titus, you know, maybe we get slapstick comedy, Titus O'Neil, um, diving on the way to the, to the ring, you know, uh, just maybe do some comedy. I mean, I, I would be cool with that. But uh, just t- having them together, I think it just would make for a really weird dynamic. Or maybe that's just me.
1: No, I think it definitely would make for a weird dynamic. I do have another question here for you, though. Yep. Yeah. So now you say have Hogan on night one, Titus on night two, or vice versa, whichever. Now, is that going to sway
2: your decision on watching either night? Problem. It it, it could. Right. And and having said that too, uh, just as a brief update, because I mean, even as of last week's recording, we only knew two, I think you know, there's potentially a third uh, match kind of set. And, and, and again, we're doing two nights with the stuff. And just looking, just taking a brief look, we're, up to, we're only up to four matches now. For, I mean, this is encompassing everything, right? We've got Roman versus Edgen. I mean, that could potentially change. I've heard word that it might be changing to a triple threat uh, with uh, mm-hmm. with Brian in it, which I don't want to see uh, in, in this particular case. Uh, Sasha versus Bianca Beller, which we already knew. Uh, Lashley versus McIntyre, which looks like it's set now. I think a lot of us were hoping that uh, it was going to potentially be uh, Bobby versus Brock Lesnar. That appears to not be on the table. Our friend Michael Jericho is very disappointed. He literally took a, an entire week off of work uh, going off of that information and it is not happening. So, um, single tier for <laughs> Michael yeah. Jargo and, um, the new day versus, uh, AJ and almost, uh, that's all we know. Um, and we're, we're looking, we're as of, as of right now, if you're watching or listening to us, it is March 22nd and the show is April 10th and 11th and we only know four matches still. And this is Three still, and, and this is coming out of Fastlane. Three weeks out. Yep. Coming out of Fastlane, this
1: is the go-home pay-per-view for Wrestlemania. Three weeks away, and we have four matches to encompass two nights nights, of Wrestlemania?
2: Yeah. Rough. What? Let me ask you a theoretical question here, Carl. If you are a potential ticket buyer right now, with Mm -hmm. tickets going upwards of $2,500 American, is there anything on this card so far That makes you say, yes, I want to buy a ticket to the show. Nope. There you go, folks. And I feel the (laughs) same way. And I feel the same way.
1: Yeah. I mean. It's sad. There's just not enough build. Yeah. Yeah. There's not enough build for this right now. I mean, I want to know what's happening, what's going on who's going to be there stuff mm-hmm. like that right like that's that's 100% no. what i want to know for for a professional wrestling event mm-hmm. now you you take in something like okay so so i i'm i'm a rock and metal fan okay so i've yep. been to a few rock on the ranges i was actually at the 10th anniversary of rock on the range which was amazing i went there not knowing and got tickets not knowing the entire lineup yeah I knew of about 10 acts that were gonna be there out of about 40. And I was okay with that because I know no matter what, it's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Right? Right now I'm looking at this going, I don't know if this is going to be good because there's no build-up to who could even possibly be there to make it good. Yeah. That's the thing.
2: Now, the other thing to consider with this too, and, and I could see some people thinking this way, but uh, again, I feel a little bit differently. Um, th- this past week, I was on Destino with uh, Michael Jargo talking about the New Japan Cup, which we'll, we'll get uh, talking to a little bit that later in the show as well. But we also touched briefly on on the WWE and, and, mm-hmm. and very uh, surprisingly so, Jargo kind of defending WWE and giving them a pass um, on this because with COVID, they're not sure what talents they're going to have. To be perfectly honest with you, and not to just go blindly against what, what he said, but I think that we're using COVID as a cop-out. To say, oh, well, we can't come up with anything because it's COVID. We're not sure we're going to get. You have a tremendous pool of talent to pick from. By now, you should have something in place. Coming out of the Royal Rumble, we should know three quarters, if not more, of the matches going into it. I think that we're using this pandemic as a crutch to be lazy with our creative. That's yes. my opinion.
1: Uh, You know what? I I think so as well. Uh, I mean, given the talent that they have and uh, the amount of work, I mean, you're putting on a three-hour program every Monday. You're putting on a two-hour program on Fridays. You're putting out a two-hour program on Wednesdays with NXT. Uh, Combining all of the talent that you would see on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you're telling me that you can only have four matches available for us right now? That you couldn't have built something up over mm-hmm. the since the Royal Rumble since January. There's no way that you could have built something up since January with talent and stars over three shows yep. with over uh, three, four, five, six, seven, seven hours of programming that you're putting out every week where there's storyline mm-hmm. that's happening there. You haven't been able to figure something out. Bullshit.
2: Right. And we're localized in Florida too, so we have all of the not only your uh, your yeah. Raw SmackDown rosters, we have all of the NXT guys that you could be uh, bringing up to to, to showcase. So, I mean, they haven't even announced a, an Andre the Giant uh, Battle Royal. Which, no, I mean, which I mean, which I'm hoping if they, I mean, obviously they're likely going to do it just a matter what night that they pick. But I mean, that, that'd that be a chance to showcase all of those NXT guys to, to give them a, a chance to shine on the grandest stage of them all, uh, apparently, uh, what uh, WrestleMania apparently still is. <laughs> right. But uh, again, Carl, I mean, and we, we discussed this, I believe, uh, on uh, last week's episode as well, is that that we're, we're still, we're of the mindset that, people are going to watch because it's Wrestlemania. We the, uh, At the top in this company, we're, we're still feeling that Wrestlemania still has this cachet. It still has this big meaning. It's been really diluted over the last few years, and people aren't just going to automatically. The, the people that already have the network are likely to tune in. Yeah. But from the outside looking in, looking at this lineup, the, the, again, there's, just, there's nothing to go, hey, I want to plop down. 60 to $80 Canadian, uh, potentially. I don't know exactly what the exchange is right now, but, um, yeah, just, it, it's, it's weird, man. It, it's, yeah. and it's becoming the norm, which is uh, very disappointing because this should be the biggest show of the year for this company and it just, it's not setting up to be that. It, it's just, it's, it's a damn shame.
1: It definitely is. I damn just want to let everyone that is watching know that you can comment yes on anything that you hear. Especially about While this we're topic. talking And we definitely have the option to put your comment up on the screen for everyone to see. So definitely get involved with us as we are talking and going through our topics today. Please engage with us. We love it when you guys are engaging with us. So make sure you do and have your say on Turnbuckle Talk.
2: Yeah, because it's a big topic. And I know even as we go further on here, just if you guys... Post in the comments how you feel about uh, WrestleMania, and we'll we'll definitely touch on it, even if we are further in the show. Um, Yeah, uh, put your opinions out there, and we will more than likely uh, talk about it as well. All right, Carl, let's move on from some WWE discussion here to... I I guess we're going to be kind of in the... possibly, potentially in the minority with this here, Carl. Uh, I know that you watched Fastlane. I did not watch Fastlane. I instead chose to watch the show that uh, at least, you know, especially one match in this um, show here that really kind of hooked me in and it was the most intriguing thing for the weekend for me. NWA back for the attack. Finally, the NWA back. Um, this was pretty cool, Carl. Uh, just a overall kind of thoughts before we break down some of the matches here.
1: Uh, my thoughts are I am tired because I stayed up until 4.30 in the morning, bless you, to watch both NWA back for the attack and WWE fast lane last night. Um, I had to take a couple of breaks in between because I was mm-hmm. just like, Oh my goodness. I need to, you know, maybe grab another Dr. Pepper, grab a bottle of water and <laughs> slam that super quick. Yeah. And just kind of give myself a little perk and wake up. But I definitely uh, saw both um, NWA back for the attack. If this is, what they're going to be giving us on a weekly basis, I will 100% spend the $5 American a month to watch this on fight TV. 100%. Yeah,
2: I, I was, I'm in the same boat as you are. I, I'm hoping that they can maybe venture outside of fight to maybe have like their own kind of little service, which I'm kind of hoping for. And I would definitely pay... Um, you know, upwards to $10, even if they want to charge $10 a month, I'd be uh, perfectly cool with that because I'm a, definitely a fan of the product. Um, still uh, just a brief update because we have touched on it before with them deleting all of the, the power episodes and all of stuff off, off of YouTube. I'm still a little puzzled, a little perplexed about the, the, the choice and, and nothing's been really explained or, or they haven't told us what they plan on doing with all of that content. So I'm a, I'm a little concerned that that is just going to uh, evaporate into the ether and we'll never see it again. I hope that I'm wrong. At the very least, I'd like to see them, you know, bring back or find some other way to, you know, especially the Crockett Cup, the 70th anniversary show, you know, despite its flaws, um, to, to still have that because it'd be a shame to lose all that content. Cause there was a lot of good stuff there. So I'm hoping that they'll, they'll find a way to bring that back, whether it be in some form of streaming service, if it has to be through a fight, so be it. I would prefer not to be. I mean, obviously I don't see them getting like a big cable deal at any point. Uh, right now it's just, it's just not in the cards, but, um. But yeah, having said that, uh, going into the show, um, it was interesting because this was built largely around, uh, essentially being a tribute show to Mr. Uh, Joseph uh, Hudson. And, uh, we started off with, um, some very heartfelt, uh, words from specifically, you know, mainly, uh, an Aaron Stevens, um, who very rarely gets uh, emotional like this. Uh, it was, uh, it was quite something to see.
1: It definitely was, and I mean, anyone that has uh, seen what Aaron Stevens has done before Damian Sandow uh, in the WWE, um, he's 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 got that talk. He's got that real good availability for talking, and he was really choked up mm-hmm. through this uh, this entire thing. You could really tell that he was choked up when it came match time, which we'll definitely get into. He was spot on. Um, he was mm-hmm. he was the professional. He was right there for the matchup. But this little uh, uh, thing that they pre-taped before, man, like pull at the heartstrings like you wouldn't believe. And just to see the emotion, raw emotion coming from him, it's something that we don't see ever. We've never seen that before. And to see that, that was wow. Wow.
2: Yeah, it was it was quite something. uh, It it felt very old fashioned, isn't the word? Just the the way that uh, NWA does their little packages and their promos is absolutely fantastic. And just being somebody who uh, has a real appreciation for a lot of the 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 traditions in professional wrestling, it just it it just even the, 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 way that sometimes was kind of like a film green and it's like things are shot kind of in, in low quality, almost kind of on purpose. Uh, I yeah. popped pretty hard for that kind of stuff and just, I thought they did a really good job and it just, it, um, it was a nice thing to, to start the, the show off. Just, you know, not a lot of glitz and glamour, uh, you know, just that. And, you know, and then we got right into the action uh, right after that, which is very cool. Having said yes. that, uh, the first matchup, and I will say that, um. A lot of these names I'm not that familiar with. And having- well, we,
1: we touched on that last week.
2: Yep. Yeah. And having said that- Uh, for me, it's not a negative. I think sometimes with, with a lot of these wrestling matches, especially with WWE, because we're so familiar with the talent that I find myself really dissecting and overanalyzing things too much. on this, I was able to just kind of sit back and just kind of watch, um, you know, not having any kind of preconceived notions about any of these talents whatsoever. Right. So we started off with Slice Boogie, Crimson, Jack Stain, and Jordan Clearwater in a four-way match. And, uh, this was um, just, it, it, it's one of these things that it was a relatively short match, but um, but pretty cool. A, a nice kind of ease into the, the start of the show. I love the way, I love, and I, of course, I love the, the way that this was booked. Uh, the order of the matches, perfect.
1: Yes. Yes, definitely perfect. all of that was perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, this matchup itself, it was, it was good. Yeah. There was I, I, n- nothing wrong with it. I mean, to have three names that I'm not familiar with, And one name that I am familiar with, Mm -hmm. right? And it's so Crimson is the name that I'm familiar with. And it's not even as though Crimson took the spotlight Mm -hmm. in this matchup. He was that veteran professional that said, I will lend my name to this. No problem. And then let these guys shine. Wow, what a freaking concept. Right. Use a guy who's willing to allow himself to be used as a shining beacon for new talent. What?
2: (laughs) What What? a concept. What a concept, Oh, oh,
1: So happy about that. So happy. And I'm glad as well that the win didn't go to Crimson. Mm -hmm. I'm happy about that.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, uh, as you mentioned, kind of the experienced guy in the match, he definitely could have taken the spotlight if he wanted to. And, uh, in, in, instead chose to elevate the other talent which is absolutely fantastic yeah. um, people probably best know him from his work in in, uh, in TNA and impact I guess uh, which is yeah. probably where you, you Carl know him best from and other people known as crimson crimson yep yeah. so yeah, yeah just a just a great kickoff match you know it wasn't anything spectacular but just accomplished what it needed to um, to be the first uh, kickoff match for the show uh, next well you know in between here Carl this is something I want to make note because as with most wrestling shows Carl uh, no wrestling show is perfect, and this show is no mm. exception. Um, NWA still having a little bit of... Th- again, th- this is something that some other people may not be picking up. As somebody who edits audio on a weekly basis multiple times a week i have a i guess maybe a hyper sense for this kind of stuff uh audio levels all over the place uh when it comes to to crowd when it comes to uh, the the ring the the commentary the the interviewers just uh it's just not consistent right but that's something they can iron out over time so i I don't want to give them too much um hate over that but uh one thing that I will mention that was very, very odd and stuck out to me like a sore thumb here, Carl, was the interviewer between the matches here, Mae Valentine. Um, this one was, it wasn't something that rubbed me the wrong way. It was just odd. It, its Have you ever come across somebody in real life, Carl, that is almost like pretending to have like a, a fake foreign <laughs> accent? That's what uh, the feeling I got from this. It was very, very strange because I, I've heard her talk and other things and she doesn't sound like this. So just say it felt very strange and you could tell that she was either nervous or inexperienced in this, um, uh, context as well. Like uh, being a a pro wrestling interviewer, not necessarily her forte, uh, not that I don't want to see her again, but, um, I think they could use somebody better in the spot. I think they,
1: well, they definitely, uh, need to work with her Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, I mean, she can definitely get there. Um, yeah, I don't want to say yeah. that she can't be, yeah. but she definitely can get there with the proper uh, tools and training. Yeah. Yes, 100%. For sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like just really nervous and yeah. awkward it was.
2: Yeah. Uh, borderline cringeworthy, but I don't want to totally uh, bear it. And because that was through I, I, the
1: entire show.
2: Yeah, through the entire yeah. show, yeah. So, I mean willing to give anybody a chance, but I mean, if it continues to be that way, I would maybe look at, uh, potentially somebody else said, so, uh, just saying, uh, next up yeah. here, Carl for the NWA world, uh, television championship, uh, Elijah Burke or the Pope, uh, versus Tom Latimer, which I guess people will be more familiar with him as Bram. Um, yes. I know he's a, somewhat of a polarizing individual, but, uh, uh opinions aside, uh, this was an interesting matchup here, Carl. Um, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about the, the draw. um, Coming out of this, though, I mean, I thought they did a great match, but not having a clear winner, I mean, it, it's—I don't hate it, but it—it it felt a little. I'm not. I guess I I'm, may I'm not get used to it.
1: Yeah, I don't. I honestly, I don't think you're used to it. That's yeah. the thing. There's time limits on these matches. they're mm. on on all, you know all of them. There's yep. time limits on them, and uh, I I think that this here was was a good way for it to go to the draw without a decisive winner because the two guys put on a really good show. Yep. They did great work inside that ring. So I want to see that again. For sure. And what a better way for us to be able to get that than to have this go to a draw. And you could see that Bram, or he he was clearly Tom Latimer, he was clearly, (laughs) you know, upset over this. And you could see the Pope was upset over this too. Both of them were like, are you kidding me? Like, how do we not have a clear winner here? Right. So So just because of that, because of the, uh, the emotion that the two of them had inside that ring at that time, you can tell right there, it's leading up to another matchup between these two Yeah, and I'm all for it.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Having said that too, uh, I think that the way that you, you book this, the way that you set this up is their next encounter, there must be a winner. I think I think that's the way that you you build that um, coming especially coming up a draw like this. I think you can really between that and and the next matchup, you could really play off of that. But the next match, there must be a winner, and I think that, that could build the the hype and the anticipation for it.
1: It definitely could. Now, how do you factor in the time limits though
2: mm. into this? So yeah, th- that maybe maybe you make an exception with this match, or um, or you find some other. Avenue. I mean, you can always get around the, the timelines if you, if you have to I understand that, uh, they have a kind of a hard out time, but, uh, but yeah, that's something you can always, uh, kind of play with. So, uh, next up here, Carl, I think arguably, uh, arguably the best match on uh, the entire card here for the NWA Worlds. Um, Women Championship, we had uh, Camille versus Thunder Rosa. Um, this is an interesting one here, Carl. I am not um, surprised that Thunder Rosa put on a great match. Camille really, really surprised me, though, because I have not seen a lot of her work. Um, you can okay. tell I me mean, she she is still fairly green when it comes to, to being in, in the ring, but she, she did rather well there. She wrestled like a big girl should. Um, yes. And Thunder Rosa, I mean, she's Thunder Rosa. So I mean, a a great matchup here with these two girls. They uh, they arguably stole the show here.
1: It it definitely was in uh, that top tier of matches on this show. Definitely, it was. Um, Yeah, Camille has always been you know kind of a favorite, but not with people. Yeah, she does play that heel role very well, but people still want to see her work. Mm-hmm. right so it's it, it's it's a good uh win-win when it comes to her character in that sense Thunder Rosa's Thunder Rosa you ain't seen nothing Thunder Rosa you need to look up Thunder Rosa and watch <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: damn yeah that's that's all I gotta say about Thunder Rosa um matchup wise great oh yeah great
2: absolutely fantastic she's one of those rare ones here Carl uh, as you're aware and a lot of our viewers and listeners are aware I'm not uh typically the fan of of people who incorporate MMA stuff into their, their, their pro wrestling, uh, repertoire, but she yep. is somebody who not only does it well, but makes it believable. Uh, that is yes. a, the, the key with that. Um, and, uh, she's absolutely fantastic. Uh, I, I'm sure that she's on the radar of probably the majority of most big wrestling companies out there, but I, I hope that she kind of stays where she's at because I think she really thrives in that environment, um, I think if she were to go, especially to like a WWE, I just, I I don't see her faring well. She's she's somebody that just, she she likes to kind of uh, do her own thing and not necessarily be under the thumb of uh, uh, too much. uh, Well, you know, when it comes to management and that kind of stuff. So I'd rather see her stay at this level, because I don't feel like it's, it's like keeping her down. She excels so fantastic at this level and I'm sure she does very well. Um, probably even money-wise at this level. So why even go there when you're just killing it? She's just absolutely right. fantastic, man. Um, going from that here, Carl, to the, uh, NWA national championship. For those who aren't aware, um, I'm a fan of, of um, you know the, these matches for this title, but just the the title itself is just a great throwback look and feel uh, to it. Like It's just it's a very old-fashioned-looking wrestling belt, and just, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Go online and look if you want to see what it looks like. Um, Trevor Murdoch versus Chris Adonis, which people may be more familiar with him as Chris Masters, formerly uh, from, from the, the WWE, and these two guys are very, very familiar with each other. Uh, I was a fan of this match here, Carl. Um, my only kind of issues, uh, again, just to, to kind of bring up that I'm somebody who really looks at some of the finer kind of details. I like Adonis, but some of his stuff in uh, in the ring is a little kind of questionable. Sometimes I think you know when he takes some some moves and whatnot, he can tell like he's like adjusting his hair and his like his trunks when he's on on the mat. Like he just took like a devastating move, and then you're like you're like adjusting. It just it, it for for me it takes me a little bit out of it. But I thought both yeah. guys did great. I, I'm a fan of Trevor Murdoch, and a lot of people aren't, but I, I like his old school approach. Um, to, to, wrestling largely because of I me, mean, he was trained by Harley race, right? And you could tell that a lot of that has carried over into this man. Uh, I'm a fan of his, um, Chris, I, I like his matches, but I think that he, uh, needs to argue, maybe just, uh, sell a little bit more. You need to, like, if you're gonna, you're taking a big move, you shouldn't be checking to make sure your hair and your trunks are still good. You know, you stay down. <laughs> Just <Yeah>. don't move. <laughs> yeah, but again, that's a I, nitpick I, I from agree. somebody who's uh, kind of uh, looks at the technical aspects. But uh, again, great match. I love this championship, and I love the the matches typically for it.
1: Uh, I, I definitely do too, and and I like that the national championship seems to be one that gets kind of uh, uh, passed along. Yes, uh, frequently. Yeah, um, not super frequently, but enough that that it really. Uh, puts a, a spotlight onto that championship because you're, you're really wondering who's going to hold that next. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be that next person? Exactly. Um, whereas, you know, other companies uh, will have the same champion for, uh, you know, a year, a year and a half. Uh, and, and you just kind of get bored of <laughs> the same person having the title all the time. Um, but this one here, th- I, I'm thinking they're doing things pretty well.
2: Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Again, I like what they they do with that championship, but I'm uh, definitely on the same wavelength as you on that one. Um, Going from that, Carl, one thing to to make note of here, too, um, we're arguably spending more time talking about these matches individually than some of the matches went uh, time-wise. Just to kind of break it down a little bit for for everybody here, Uh, the first match, just under six minutes. Um, Tyrus and Kratos went just under eight minutes. Uh, Burke and uh, Latimer went just over 10 minutes. Uh, Thunder Rose and Camille about 14 minutes and then Murdoch and Adonis uh, under nine minutes so interesting interesting when you look at uh, especially a lot of other matches out there um, so for the the main event for the evening here Carl uh, for the N.W. World Heavyweight Championship I want to make note of that because Another nitpick that I have possibly with the show, and you maybe feel the same way, their, their ring announcer that they used for this show, I thought dropped the ball a little bit. Uh, not only in this match, um, not calling it the world's heavyweight championship, uh, it, it really, that really stood out for me, but th- just the way that when he introduced people, like he, or he the way that he ordered his, uh, the way that the words were kind of, ordered was really odd like he mentioned nick first and then like his weight and then like it just it was weird the way that he uh lined things up like it just didn't You could tell maybe he's maybe a little inexperienced and that, that's something that i kind of picked up on but uh so i wasn't necessarily a fan of that but i thought they, they still did okay and again he's somebody that um you know can can do well with, with time but just it, it was something that was a little strange for me i thought uh, the guy that they use they can tell maybe he was maybe a little, a little bit on the new side no he's not no really no. yeah okay
1: yeah um, yeah, I did, I didn't pick up on that at all. Okay. And I definitely I always, did. I always, I always yeah. listen for them to say worlds. Yeah. And I, I don't remember him not saying worlds. Okay. Heavyweight yeah. champion. I might have to go back and rewatch just yeah. to, just to make sure. But, um.
2: The way he introduced uh, Nick was, uh, the, the way that the words were set up, it was, it was a little odd. Like it was, things were like out of order. But, uh, again, that's just an, 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 a bit of a nitpick on my side. So. I didn't, I
1: didn't catch that. So okay. I, I, like I said, I might have to go back and rewatch that just to, uh, uh, just to take a look. I do, I do want to mention those super quick though, that I don't know if you picked up on this, but they're actually calling the, uh, uh the women's championship, the NWA world's yes. women's that, championship. That I picked up on for sure. So yeah, like that's, that's a subtle change that, that really just happened because before yeah. it was always just the NWA women's championship. I love that they're now calling it the world's yep. women's championship.
2: Absolutely. So yeah, uh, Nick Aldis versus Aaron Stevens. I mean, like we mentioned at the top here, a lot of uh, emotional investment going into this from both guys, and just a just a fantastic match. I mean, it, it's. I mean, I, we could sit here and break down the moves, but we don't really really need to at this point. Uh, it, just, it was absolutely just a great N.W. Worlds Heavyweight Championship match. It was absolutely fantastic. I will say that I I, I do, coming out of this, I have potentially a bit of an unpopular opinion here, Carl. It's not necessarily what what, uh, people might be thinking. Uh, Just given that this was a a tribute um, show and with Aaron Stevens being so tight with with Joseph here. I think we missed an opportunity to actually put the title on Aaron Stevens here. I, th- I think that we should have had a title change. I think that would have created even more of an emotional reaction here to put the title on him and then really kind of put him over the top. Uh, I feel a little bit of a missed opportunity, but by, by no means am I disappointed with the match. I think they're absolutely fantastic, and I'm okay with Nick winning but i thought we could have gone a little bit further and actually have done a title change in this uh, particular scenario given that this was a tribute to joseph
1: i like the fact that they didn't okay. put the title on Today we have a different Aaron opinion stevens yep. yeah i 100% because that was that would have taken away from the whole point of the show hmm. was for joseph so now Aaron Stevens wins this championship. Now the internet's all talking about Aaron Stevens is the one that took out Nick Aldous's 884-day title reign. Whereas, no, the focus needs to be a tribute show. Mm. Not a title change show, a tribute show. Not a record-breaking, uh, streak-ending title reign show, but a tribute show. So I'm happy that it didn't change hands because they were still able to keep it, that tribute to Joseph Hudson.
2: Well, if he, if he would have dedicated the win uh, to him, I think uh, you could have made it work potentially.
1: But again, I think that would have been very short-lived. Yeah. It would have been, oh, yeah, OK, he did it for Joseph. OK, but do you know that he did this and this and this and he beat this record? and he Right? Like that's what it would have turned into as opposed to, you know, that's 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 how I see it. I could be wrong, but that's hey. how I saw it.
2: Hey. The, the, the fact that we have a different opinion uh, I think is great. Uh, people get to see uh, the different aspects of this. And uh, and uh, for anybody watching, which uh, which would you prefer? Did you like uh, Nick winning or did you uh, kind of like me would have liked to have potentially see the title change? Because, uh, I mean, I, I could definitely see your viewpoint as well, and it's uh, uh, definitely valid as well. Uh, I'm not uh, saying that your opinion is wrong or that mine is necessarily right. We're just have. Well, I'm different, saying yours is wrong and we mine have is right. Different opinions. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong, damn it! No, just kidding. <laughs> but uh, but uh, overall, uh, Carl. I mean, just a, a great show and um, time wise oh, yeah. too. Time wise too. Just under the two hours. Perfect. Perfect. And <laughs>
1: what they continued to do afterwards. Yes. I I will say with all legitimacy. I cried mm. like mm. a freaking
2: baby. You made a great okay. point, and I'm glad you mentioned it here, Carl. I'll let you go, and then I got something to say oh. about it too.
1: Oh my goodness! I thought, like I
2: thought they did something that was genius, and actually ties into the name of our episode too. But but continue.
1: So the the, the show ends, and and Nick goes over and gets uh, gets Aaron, and like tells him to get up, and they shake hands, and Nick backs away mm-hmm. as as Aaron is holding the question mark yeah. mask and then go he goes to the center of the ring and he's holding this mask and you can see the emotion and it just it flowed i'm even getting emotional right now just remembering it and then he just looks up and he goes yep. this was for you
2: yep
1: and then then i i believe that was that was his wife that came into the ring with like the big so. question mark flag yep. and then the roster that was there all came out into the ring. Yep. Wow. Yep. Like what was very clever so too. So raw and yep. real. And it just it, it, it hit me. It definitely did. I cried like a baby. I one hundred percent I did.
2: And what made it really work too on a real traditional professional wrestling level too, Carl, is given that it was a tribute and whatnot, is that we largely only saw the baby face side of the roster. We didn't see the heels coming out, which is Again, something that the the casual and or just the the just regular fans out there won't necessarily pick up on. But as somebody who has been what, over thirty something years we've been following this freaking business that yep. I see something like that and I'm just going, Okay, whoever was in charge of this segment understands professional wrestling. They understand yes. it. it was a tribute, so you don't want to have your bad guys out there doing a tribute. Like it, it was perfect that the segment tugged at the heartstrings and accomplished what it wanted to. But they were they just lump everybody out there because yeah. then it would ruin the context of the entire show. Fantastic! I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah me, too. So, and, me uh, too. And 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 again, uh, just to kind of uh, to bring it back full circle, uh, I thought a really uh, good and fitting tribute to Joseph. I mean, who was uh, oh yeah somebody I uh, th- 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 think. Deserves more notoriety than Nick worded did it very well when you can. And again, this is a very old school aspect that I want to make sure and touch on. I know we're going a little bit long on this topic, but I really want to emphasize this point because Nick really emphasizes at the beginning. And I totally 100% agree when you can accomplish the feat of getting the fans to legitimately cheer and pull for you. That is a rare thing in this business here, Carl. And I'm glad that Nick mentioned this because a lot of times it feels kind of forced, especially in the WWE side of things. When you can just buy who you are and what you do in that ring character wise and wrestling wise to get fans to legitimately be behind you, that is something special. And he accomplished that in that company.
1: And it, it, no matter if he was working as Josephus, Mm -hmm. Or if he was the guy who got over a question mark, right? No, right. <laughs> the guy took a question mark, made yep. a character out of a question mark, no, yep. and it got over. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> like, yep, that's somebody who yeah, understands genius. their their uh, understands the audience and gives them what they want. That is why they oh, pulled yeah. for him.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: Absolutely fantastic. And I want to see more of this kind of uh, uh, stuff from them. So I'm really excited to see them uh, running back on the normal. And I guess it's just a matter of what platform they're going to be on uh, going forward. That's right. All right, Carl. Well, I guess before we um, do some, um, before we take a break, I guess we might as well get to our our breaking news segment, right? Sure. Okay. Let us do this. So there's actually a fair amount to cover in this segment this week. So I'll get to the, the few things that I want to uh, hit on, and then I'll um, throw it over to you. Uh, the big one that I want to hit on is we have uh, completed the new Japan uh, cup tournament, and it was a little exhausting to get through it all, especially the way that I chose mm-hmm. to kind of uh, do it. Uh, basically crammed uh, this entire tournament to a couple of days of viewing. Um, so a lot of caffeine was consumed while watching these shows, but uh, uh, overall some really great stuff here highlighted by a couple of matches I really want to touch on here. Uh, Will Osprey and Zack Sabre Jr. was absolutely fantastic. We saw um, essentially Osprey get his nose potentially kind of broken, and it actually carried that uh, over into some of the other matches. Very clever storyline work uh, done there with those guys. Uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Kenta was another match uh, that I have highlighted. excuse me, that people need to check out. Uh, These are just two guys just beating the piss out of each other. absolutely fantastic and amazing. And arguably the upset of the entire tournament, or the upset of the year in New Japan Pro Wrestling, we had a David Finley beating Jay White in the the quarterfinals. I mean, I was just floored that they decided to go that direction, but it made sense in the context of what they did later. And we ended up with a... Final match between Shingo Takagi and Will Ospreay. And we had Osprey taking that, um, that victory and not what I was expecting. Uh, both myself and Mr. Michael Jargo run Destino. I uh, had both picked Shingo to win this tournament, but, uh, wow. Uh, it was, uh, quite, uh, quite, quite the match and, uh, I was definitely surprised with the victory, but, uh, again, uh, it's, uh, Shingo still getting over in a loss. I mean, uh, that guy's absolutely killing it over in that promotion right now, um, If you guys want to go check this out, I mean, it's all still available on New Japan World. Their subscription service is very reasonable, and there's a ton of great content out there for you guys to check out. So that's uh, the main piece of breaking news I wanted to get to. Carl, what do you got?
1: Uh, Breaking news that I've got is if you're following us on our social media, especially our Facebook page, at TB Talk Pod, which is also the same handle for our Instagram and Twitter, you will know that... There was a release that happened, mm-hmm, big one. Andrade yeah. was granted his release. Now he is happy about it and uh-huh. he has gone on the record in a tweet since he was given his release yep. saying happy life, happy wife. <laughs> I am happy, she is happy. Yeah. And they're still together. Everything's all cool in that aspect. Just, uh, he isn't working for the WWE anymore. Yep. Um, very big. Something that we've, uh, we, we kind of touched on a little bit before, uh, yep. on our past episode with, uh, Andrade, uh, requesting and the WWE essentially at that time had denied it. Uh, but now, uh, for whatever reason, which hasn't come out, uh, hasn't come yep. to light as of yet, but, uh, they have allowed that release, yep. um, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, WrestleMania season and uh, this pay-per-view that just happened. Um, if you haven't seen the pay-per-view, go go and watch it. Um, one of my favorite things coming out of it was The Fiend Has Returned. Um, so WWE went and did an intergender match, yep. which is something that... They haven't really done since the Attitude Era with China, yes. uh, pretty much. But we had Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss, and I, I was super happy with this entire thing. Um, go and watch it. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was just so well done in my in my opinion. Others are gonna crap all over it, which people have been. I've been <laughs> seeing online that people have been yep. crapping all over it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed the little bit of comedic aspect to it, and I enjoyed the little bit of serious and and fun and work that all went into it. Uh, but the fiend has come back, yeah. so new mask looking all charred up. There that's, we go. That's um, what made, that's what
2: made it work. Just uh, I just wanted to comment just briefly on that before you move on to your next thing. Is that that's what that made that segment work. If they would have just brought him back as the regular fiend. It just they it would have compromised the story because it, I mean you literally burned you literally murdered him in that in that ring so it, you had to keep it in the, the context of that uh, supernatural uh, to not compromise the story so that they, they did that so I will give them props for that they uh, they've advanced things correctly
1: and they definitely did do like supernatural stuff oh yeah in this matchup which I was okay with because mm-hmm. it's something a little bit different it gave kind of just that little bit of a Ooh, I can just sit back and relax for a couple minutes while this is happening, um, yep. you know. So I was, I was happy with that. Um, earlier reported, um, and I, I, I'm going to touch on this now in a breaking news. Sure. I know that we, we said that maybe we would talk about this, but I want to talk about it anyways. Batista,
2: mm.
1: Dave Batista, yes. his page from the WWE Hall of Fame lineup has been removed from the website. It is inaccessible as of right now. Um, The Hall of Fame logo is even gone from his profile on WWE.com. Absolutely everything having to do with Hall of Fame and Batista is essentially wiped away. Why? We're going to keep up on this and, and find out why. And when we get more information on this, make sure that you're checking out at TB talk pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, because that's where we'll be Um, posting it.
2: The, the speculation that I've seen from a lot of places are that he's working on a movie, uh, various, I guess, uh, similar to Charlotte, why she's, uh, absent from WrestleMania is that she's apparently working on a movie as well. So that's a speculation that I'm seeing. Um, speculations and stuff have been like all over the place. Like something else is kind of going on behind the scenes or there's some heat. Can't speak on that whatsoever. Cause I don't have any information, but, uh, but yeah, they it just, it's, um, they went from him being the headliner to him not being the headliner. And there's even rumors that Daniel Bryan was a potentially going to get inducted and that. And that's apparently been shot down. Mm. So uh, yeah, all stuff, <laughs> it's all over the place. <clears throat> yeah, it,
1: it definitely is. Yep. Definitely is. So Yeah yeah just a little bit of interesting notes and piece there but for sure. uh, yeah we, we will definitely continue to follow that and uh when we get more info we'll put it onto our
2: social media pages for you for sure because what they're doing for the the hall of fame just to to make notes so people are aware too is that they're actually doing last year's inductions and uh this uh for 2021 as well so it's basically like a double class or they're doing which is a uh, obviously a a first, um, for the WWE. So interesting to see how that uh, will kind of go. Um, yeah, I guess that's about it for, uh, for, for breaking news. Unless you got anything else? I do not. All right, cool. Let us get then to our match of the week. (laughs) All right. So for match of the week here, mine is, um, Maybe not as straightforward as I uh, as I was originally thinking because uh, I actually am still, actually, as we're doing this segment, a little torn between a couple matches because um, I'm thinking of picking something from the New Japan Cup or from this uh, NWA show. So on the fly here, I'm going to pick from the NWA uh, back for the attack show. Uh, The matchup with uh, Nick Aldis and Aaron Stevens for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship is going to be on my matchup for this week. Just given uh, the emotional investment uh, going into the show and uh, coming out of it, I thought that they just nailed it. Um, like I said, I would have liked to see a different winner, but again, that didn't take anything away from it, uh, for, for me personally. Uh, absolutely fantastic. And then if people haven't had a chance to check out this show, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice by not, uh, it's as Carl, I believe you mentioned it on the air here. I mean, 20 bucks to watch on fight TV. I mean, that's, uh, that's cheap yeah. for a wrestling show and, uh, definitely worth your time and your hard earned money.
1: It definitely is my match of the week. Same. <laughs> like legitimately same, yeah. even after watching both of those pay-per-views and watching a little bit of other stuff throughout the week, that Ritten. matchup just gripped me Yep. entirely. It's got to be my match of the week.
2: Yep. Yep. Absolutely fantastic, man. And uh, hopefully that, uh, I'm even hoping maybe that they'll, they'll, maybe not the entire show, but maybe this particular match, put it for free on YouTube so people can actually go in and enjoy it. Yeah. just 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 that Just an idea. Just an idea. Yeah. All right, guys. Let us take a brief break here and hear from our friends over at CollarAndElbowBrand.com, and then we'll be back with our showstopper segment.
0: Wrestling. A love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand. The wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connects emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand.
2: All right, guys, Mighty Joe and Carl Carroll back here on Turnbuckle Talk. And as you heard from our friends over at com, use our promo code JKPodcast. You can get 10% off your entire order over at their checkout. And as always, just great stuff over there. Uh, and as usual, Carl has his Collar and Elbow hat on there. And, um, for those who are paying attention as well uh, Carl's actually wearing uh, outside of this he's wearing an NWA shirt which uh, I thought was uh, pretty cool before we started recording here I saw that so. oh
1: yes oh yes I've always loved the NWA yes. since years and years and years ago just a great company and I'm glad that it's still striving and surviving yes absolutely
2: alright guys let's get to our showstopper segment <laughs> All right, so for this week's Showstopper segment, I thought we would kind of revisit a topic because I'm sure, I mean, I didn't go through all of our episodes, all 210 or 11, yeah, 211 episodes that we've done uh, over all this time, but I'm sure that we've touched on this in a one that's why I kind of worded it as uh, kind of revisiting it. And this stemmed largely from, and this is another great thing with uh, doing, Podcasting and doing with other people is that you get to see kind of the, these opinions and uh, th- this is stemming largely from my discussion with Michael Jargo uh, over on Destino and we kind of ventured uh, slightly off of New Japan and talking about WWE and how spe- specifically we're talking about Roman Reigns that people are almost kind of like praising his, his work uh, of being a, a bad guy when we should be actually hating what he's doing. So <laughs> essentially what I'm getting at here is for professional wrestling to be truly entertaining and be really successful, I feel that we should have a clearly defined good guy and bad guy. Now I know there's different schools of thought in this. Like I know over on the AEW side of things, they just feel like everybody's just a competitor and that things are just kind of what they are. Um, I'm very much of the mindset of, we need to have a clearly defined good and bad Competitor in a match for it to truly work to not only get the talent over but to, to, to get storylines over. Um, when things are kind of in the gray zone, it can sometimes work, but in the bigger scope of things, we need to have good guys and we need to have villains. What do you think, Carl? For,
1: th- for the gray zone, you really have to be that badass competitor to mm-hmm. be able to be in that zone. I look at Stone Cold Steve Austin.
2: Yeah, he's
1: an example. He's that gray zone, yep. right? But he made that work. That yep. was fantastic. Not everybody can no. do that. I take a look at another name, the one that's still c- competing right now, that I think could do that, Randy Orton. Yep, 100% Randy Orton could be in that gray zone. Yep. Um, but when it comes to you know, having a, uh, uh, baby face or a heel. Yes, please, please. You're already. So this is, this is mainly for the WWE, mm-hmm. you, you world wrestling entertainment. <laughs> you are already shoving down our throats who we're supposed to like, who we're not supposed to like, what we're supposed to cheer, when we're supposed to cheer, how we're supposed to cheer. You're already shoving all of that down our throats. Just shove down our throats as well that this person is a good guy and this person is a bad guy. Bring that back,
2: please. Uh, To kind of uh, bring this back to uh, talking about the NWA show with with Joseph Hudson, a great example there of how if you just allow things to kind of organically happen and go off of your audience's reaction, it'll point you in the right direction. You know, with Joseph, I mean, clearly the the fans adored him. So you have him be your, you have him be one of your main good guys. I mean, eventually you could have them, uh, uh, turn, but, uh, it's something you just need to, to listen to your audience and, and they'll, they'll tell you instead of like you had mentioned here, the, 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 forcing, um, of it on its can sometimes work, but largely your audience will turn on you when you, when you do, especially if you take like a beloved character and then turn them, um, it can sometimes work, but a lot of times they will, uh, not receive it well, That's that's way I can kind of put it. Yeah, definitely, right. Definitely, so, and then no. what? Um, and then in, in the WWE side of things here, what, what can happen when we force these kind of moments? The an example that, that that all chooses Bailey. Uh, that was a really good uh, the, the way that they went about turning her, uh, and I guess you know, given the current landscape of how things are, I, I, I mean, I understand this approach, but to to turn and then to, to try and mask it when you realize that you've made a mistake. Like when when they, they turned her, you had people kind of cheering. So then you could hear production like turning the volume down that and then trying to, to pipe in fake booze and just to, to take somebody who's just not naturally inclined or, or good in that kind of respect to, to force them into that too. Not only does it not get well over the, over the audience, the, the talent it, it can it can uh, turn the talent off as well and, and make them jaded and make them want to leave uh, to, to get a little extreme, right? So uh, not only can you piss off your audience, where so you can piss off your talent by, by forcing things as well. That's another uh, aspect of this I wanted to touch on.
1: Yeah, I mean, it definitely would turn a lot of people off. I mean, I, I, I don't want, want fake booze. I want 100 proof <laughs> booze. Right. Okay? Like, <laughs> g- give me the straight booze. Yep. Make it clear. Make yep. it defined. That's what you need to do. Yep. Um, if, if you're going through and rolling with it and you, let's say, um, with the Bailey situation, okay. So people were, were excited, fine. We're, we're getting a heel Bailey. This is cool. Well, let them cheer for a few, let them cheer for three or four shows that happen yep. because then Bailey now has to do her job and make these people hate her. hmm that's 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 the role of a heel the heel is the bad guy Mm -hmm. the heel is the one who is supposed to make you hate them exactly so bailey could have done that i think she really could have but instead the wwe like you said people were cheering it which of course they're going to Mm -hmm. and then they turn that down and pipe in the negative from the soundboard
2: yeah it, it, really? and it, you know, it doesn't It doesn't sound good either. Another no. aspect of this that I want to touch on here, Carl, and this is something that uh, I guess will apply to more people like us or people who are uh, friends with professional wrestlers and specifically, Carl, uh, people who are friends, like personal friends, and go to the shows of heel wrestlers. This is something I definitely want to touch on here, Carl. Uh, mm-hmm. People who are friends with bad wrestlers who go to the shows and cheer their friends on. This is something that, um, that I, I want to make sure and mention here. Um, you're actually doing your friend a tremendous disservice by cheering them on. And a lot of them will get actually get very, well, this is something that, uh, and I don't particularly uh, uh, make reference to this person very much, but I will, because uh, over on the Hami Media Group, um, the, the, the big cheese over there, Mr. Ben Hami, this is something that he um, always uh, harps on all the time, is that um, if you're a friend of mine you need to be booing me and that, in that crowd because if you're over there cheering me, not only are you're taking away from the atmosphere, you're actually detracting from what I'm trying to accomplish. Right. So, uh, if you're a friend with a heel wrestler, you better damn well be booing them on because, uh, I mean, just, you need to, you no, know, you, you just, you need to do the right thing, play along, be part of the crowd, uh, just because they're your friend. Yeah. It, it's, I know it's, it sounds like a bit of a weird thing maybe to some people, but, uh, you get you it just it's it's just odd when you have people cheering bad guys it's something that drives me just crazy man so
1: you see i i thankfully had the best of both worlds when it comes to that because i i'm on a border city Mm -hmm. so i would wrestle in canada and i wrestled in the united states i was known as the extreme canadian carl carafel in canada I was a baby face in the United States. You're back I was a heel. (laughs) So my friends loved it because they were able to do both. They were able to go and boo me while I was in the US and then cheer me when we were in Canada. And they thought that it was the greatest fricking thing in the world that I get to go and boo and make fun of my friend and it not it not mean anything, exactly. right? Like I can just go and I can just bullshit around <laughs> and just really harp on him and there's nothing he can do about it type of thing. Right? So I, mean, I had the best of both worlds when it comes to that, but you were at 100% correct. Uh bin bin Hameen uh, is a genius in the business. And yeah. and if he's telling you something, you need to listen to Bin Hameen. Okay. <laughs> um, yes, he is right. If you are, Friends with a heel professional wrestler. Boo the hell out of them. Boo earns. Boo earns. Do it. <laughs> do it. Yes. Do it. Just do it. When? When? When are you ever gonna get a chance? To throw negativity and shade towards your friend. <laughs> and it not be taken the wrong way, right? And it, yeah. Exactly. And it not be taken wrong. <laughs> uh, this is the time for you to do it. Uh, and anyone out there that has that little bit in the back of their mind going, you know what? I kind of really like am pissed off at this person right now. <laughs> There's your opportunity. Go right. to the wrestling show exactly. while your friend is playing a heel role. <laughs> Get all of that anger and frustration out, and then go have a beer with your best friend yes. afterwards. Yep. Yep. It's 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 simple. It's yep. simple. Bad it, guy, boo them. Good guy, cheer
2: them. Right. <laughs> And to kind of bring this uh, full circle back to uh, one of our main topics this week with the NWA show, at, at the end of the show, and you know, we saw when we were doing that main tribute aspect at the end, you know, we didn't see the bad guys coming out uh, to that. I mean, even at independent shows, like the, the really, really good bad guys in heels aren't going to be at the merch table signing autographs for the fans. What? what? They're not there to, to, to pander to you. They're there to right. get you to hate them. Not there to sign your autographs. Screw you and your autographs, right? Uh, or if they, they are going to do that, they're going to do it in a very heelish way uh, like MJF has been known to do and oh, whatnot yes. and, uh, and, right, so... There's different ways yeah, to, to yeah. approach it. But, uh, but again, to, to kind of wrap up the, the top here, here, Carl, I love professional wrestling when we have clearly defined villains and heroes. When it gets kind of gray, it really can only work with a very select few number of people and not everybody yes. can pull it off. Like you mentioned Stone Cold, uh, one of the very few that can successfully do it. It's almost kind of like an anti-hero uh, way yeah. of I think it's probably the best way to kind of put it.
1: Stone Cold Steve Austin is the original Deadpool.
2: that's actually not a bad way to put it. (laughs) All right, man. Well, I guess that about wraps up here for this week. But before we go, I'll let you uh, get uh, your plugs in and then I will um, give people a little preview of what we're doing with our other show this week.
1: Definitely sounds good. As always, make sure I've mentioned it already on this show. Follow us, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Pod. The majority of stuff, I run all the social media as well as I have my gimmick job that I do during, you know, the night shifts and sometimes the day shifts, plus this podcast, plus another podcast, plus trying to catch up on everything else, plus kids, plus work, plus it's a lot. And, and you know, I tried my best to make sure that the social media is up to par. And if it isn't, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm trying. So make sure you go and check us out on our social media pages though, at TB Talk Pod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The majority of the stuff that goes out goes to the Facebook page, and I try from there to share it out to the Twitter feed as well as the Instagram feed, to where photos are applicable for Instagram. Um, yeah, make sure you check us out there. We talked about Collar and Elbow Brand. I will touch on them super quick and briefly here. Collarandelbowbrand.com. I want to say thank you to those who have made purchases and those who will make purchases after you go and check out, yes, a new drop from Mm. Color and Elbow brand just happened this past week. If you're on our social media, you would have seen the photos and the new merchandise. Go and check them out. I am loving some of the new shirts that they have there. Add them to your cart. Go all the way through. When you're getting to the payment section, it gives you discount code inside that area. JK Podcast you get 10% off that entire order. And it gives us a little bit of a kickback too to help us continue to pay for everything that we're paying for to bring you these video casts and being able to put it out in audio podcast form. You into working out, you need some supplements, check out our friends at Phoenix over at fnxfit.com. They got some great supplements over there. We have a promo code too for them. We're looking T. B Talk Pod you're going to get 15% off your entire order at fnxfit.com All
2: right and uh, for the for Terminal Rewind episode this week here we have one of Carl's picks here this week and this was one that uh caught me off guard in a good way because I was a big fan of this promotion during this time period. We're going back to 1997 with some WCW. We're talking the Outsiders versus the Steiner brothers. Um, I actually don't recall seeing this match before. So this is actually going to be my first time Mm -hmm. looking at this match and kind of break it down. So I'm looking forward to this because actually uh, this is the first time that we're covering a match that I haven't seen before. So I'm looking forward to it coming in fresh. But again I I loved um, the WCW be during the, this time period. So I'm really looking forward uh, to, to look at this match because this was a fun time uh, during uh, that company. So looking forward to it. it. definitely was.
1: And I, I chose this one because it was a tag team
2: match. We haven't touched on any tag team
1: matches yet. And I wanted to make sure that we got in a, a good, solid tag team match. And who better than the Outsiders and the Steiners? Yeah. Like two two of the greatest teams to right. work together inside that ring <laughs> Dude, you're gonna be, you're gonna be happy. You're oh yeah, for sure.
2: Happy. I mean, typically, if there's a match involving Scott Steiner, especially if he can have a microphone in his hand, uh, I'm likely to be entertained uh, for better or for worse. So, right. So definitely looking forward to that, man. All right. Well, like I said, about wraps up here for this week. We'll see you guys on the next one.
0: That are to be 2 b As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheBarks.com. And i invite like everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have content, especially up by the flagship show. You can find that all at Hitting the right